For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Happy Friday, football fans, and welcome into another edition of The Chase Podcast. I'm Isaac Sines, and I thank you for joining me. In today's episode, NFL veteran and Fox Sports analyst TJ Husmanzada joins the show to discuss the landscape of each division. He also shares his top five wide receivers in the game today. The Fall is another production of The Chase Podcast, covering the latest news and analysis around the Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into the Pro Football Chase Podcast. It's Isaac Signs with you, and joining me today is former NFL wide receiver and Fox Sports analyst TJ Hushmanzada. He will join me to discuss some topics from around the NFL, divisional preview, and all that good stuff. So, TJ, thanks again for taking the time to join me. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be with you. A lot has happened over the offseason. We had free agency. We had the much-anticipated NFL draft. And we've seen a lot of movement going all the way back to the Odell Beckham Jr. trade that sent him from New York to Cleveland, now compiling a strong offense there with Baker Mayfield at the helm, Freddie Kitchens. So why don't we go ahead and get started with that headline. I know it happened back in March, but that's still a topic that continues to be the headline. So TJ, what were your thoughts when Odell Beckham Jr. was indeed traded to Cleveland? Um, Like anybody else, I I was shocked. Uh, I knew uh, that there was rumblings that the Giants wanted to move him, but you didn't know to where. And then when you see he's going to Cleveland, you look, it's, it's, it's wild because offensively, they don't have a weakness. 
their, their weakness, their, their only weakness could be uh, cohesiveness and, and just getting on the same page. But but as far as talent, you you go across the entire, and I'm not just talking the AFC North, you go across every division in the entire NFL, and it's hard-pressed to find a better collection of skilled players, I mean, from the running back to the tight end to the receivers to the quarterback that the Cleveland Browns have now with Odell Beckham on the team. Now, I have to ask you, TJ, you know, there's a lot of different debates and topics out there about Odell Beckham Jr., about some of these other top wide receivers. So you playing the position, being very productive at it. So what makes Odell Beckham Jr. such a special, unique player out in space? I mean, it's just his ability to uh, put his foot in the ground. And, and when I say that, um, to, for everybody to understand, his ability to decelerate, to stop. Um, not a lot of guys can do at, at the level we can do it at and that's probably the most important uh, attribute that a receiver needs, really, is be able to stop, decelerate, and get a great deal of separation. He does a good job because he's not the biggest guy. He's not very tall, and he catches the ball very effortlessly, um, as you see a lot of guys now. <laughs> Everybody wants to catch the ball with one hand because of the catch made uh, against Dallas some years ago, and so he galvanized people with that, but when, when you really look at him he does a really good job of creating separation at the top of his route and on the flip side now we look at the new york giants dave gettleman has been a topic of criticism there from a lot of giants fans he trades odo beckham jr also ships olivier vernon to cleveland uh he gets some offensive line help coming back his way in the form of kevin zeitler Goes out and signs Golden Tate, who's a veteran wide receiver, savvy route runner. And, of course, Eli Manning penciled in there at quarterback despite their selection of Daniel Jones. So what are some of your impressions of what's going on there in New York? And what do you think the outlook is for the Giants? Well, it's personally, I don't think you give away good players that are young and that that's what he did with Odell Beckham. And you just signed him to a deal last year and say, Oh, well, we got X amount of first round draft picks. If these first round draft picks aren't successful, you, you just, you've given him away. Jabril Peppers comes into the league in Cleveland as a first round pick. He had done much since he was there. So Cleveland in their eyes, they're not losing much. And so when you have a player that's very successful at his position, one of the top players at his position, it might you keep those guys as long as they're young. And I don't see him as being a problem. I see losing as being the problem that people perceive him to be a problem. If you can follow me on that. But I look for the guys is they got to show and prove. They, they, don't have, they don't have anybody on the offensive side of the ball right now that you'll say, oh, my God, I'm concerned about in a passing game. If we stop Saquon Barkley, you feel like you can beat the New York Giants. And that, that's right now. Things will change as the season progresses. But are you, do you feel like you have to double any receiver? You're going to put eight in the box. You're going to force Eli Manning to throw the ball. Um, the sixth pick, which is Daniel Jones, you don't, I don't believe there was any team in the NFL that had him as the number two quarterback behind Kyler Murray. And so – Gentleman went out on limb drafting him as high as he did. And so you just hope it works because if it doesn't, 
you need to give Gettleman all the grief for these moves not working when you had a top three receiver at his position, you had a six pick, and you possibly use it on a guy that's not going to play at all. And if he does play, what kind of success will he have not having a number one receiver that's going to load up on the run and force him to throw? And also, they let an all-pro safety in Landon Collins walk in free agency, which was another cornerstone piece of this Giants franchise. Landon Collins later went to go sign a six-year, $84 million deal with the Washington Redskins. So he stays in the NFC East. And along with the Redskins, TJ, they went out and got their quarterback in the first round, 15th overall, Dwayne Haskins out of Ohio State. Now, they kind of have a bevy of quarterbacks right now. You're looking at Case Keenum, who a lot of people forget that they actually acquired earlier this offseason. And then you look at a guy like Colt McCoy, who's had many leg surgeries this past offseason, stemming from that injury he suffered last December. And then, of course, Alex Smith, who we know is not going to be playing in 2019. So when you look at Washington and what they have going at the quarterback situation, what do you think is in their best interest as far as their week one starter? Should it be Haskins or Keenum or what do you think is, is their best plan? If you look at it this way, number one, gentlemen probably should have franchised Atlantic College straight up for a second round pick. Don't just let an all-pro that, again, what did I say earlier? A young guy that Position-wise, he ranks at the top, one of the top players at his position. Just don't let those guys go. Um, but he did. Personally, I, I don't, I'm not starting Dwayne Haskins the first game, and I'll tell you why. He was a one-year starter at Ohio State. Very successful. But he started one year, and I don't know him personally. I don't know his mental mindset. I don't know his makeup. But if starting one year in college and then you come in at the highest level and started, that's tough. It's it, you didn't huddle up. I mean, you, you ran a lot of things from the no huddle. Um, NFL offense is a lot more complex. The defenses are going to try to fool you. So, for me, it's if I can sit him, I would prefer to sit him for a year, maybe two, just to get his feet wet, get a, get the get a, get in the NFL and kind of understand how things operate, how things are done. And uh, but if he is a starter, that means he's doing really, really well. And so. You have to put him out there. I just don't foresee him being better than Case Keenum or Colt McCoy when you're just a one-year starter in college. It's going to be really tough to come to the NFL and play effectively. And that was one of the topics of conversation leading up to the draft process was exactly that concern. You know, we we saw Dwayne Haskins, one-year starter, as you mentioned, TJ, and he had a, a lot of talent around him as well. McLaurin, who was drafted, and you see a guy like Paris Campbell go to Indianapolis. Plenty of speed to stretch the field. And so now, hopping around the NFC East, now that we're on the topic of quarterbacks, one of these guys got paid uh, recently, and it was Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles. 26-year-old signal caller, was drafted out of North Dakota State with the number two overall pick in 2016. Now, this has really been a hot topic of conversation because a lot of people believe the Eagles overpaid for a quarterback that has really struggled to stay healthy. We've seen it time and time again where he went down last year as well with that back fracture. It was the knee before that. You see the market value in the NFL. It's Rodgers and now Russell Wilson, who is the highest paid. 
So do you think the Eagles did right by extending Wentz now? And what are your thoughts on Carson Wentz as a football player? 100% they did the right thing. That's just the nature of the business, man. This, if you're a quarterback and you're a starting quarterback and you're a winning quarterback, you're you're going to you're going to make a lot of money. That that's just what it is. And Carson Wentz is 26 years old. He was a high draft pick, and he's shown that he can lead a team to the promised land. Not number one, he doesn't get hurt. He's probably going to win the MVP. The team had a great run. Nick Foles takes over, wins the Super Bowl. And so people would assume, and had Carson Wentz not got hurt, they probably would have still won the Super Bowl. And so when you're 26 years old, you're the number two pick of the draft, you're playing well. Yeah, you have injury concerns, but what you're going to do, not pay him, and now you have to replace him and, and hope you can find somebody that can get That's just the nature of the business, regardless. In two or three years, you're going to see guys making 37, 38 million a year. And it's, just, it's, it's, it's a cycle that's never going to stop. If you're a great quarterback in this league and a young quarterback, you're going to get paid. And I think Philadelphia, they did the, absolutely did the right thing by signing him. I think he's a good player, number one. He does need to try to avoid the injury. Some of it is unavoidable. He plays a position where he uses that ability. He gets out of the pocket. He's going to get hit, and you just hope he can stay injury-free. And I'm right there with you, TJ. I, I really do think the Eagles did right by that, and I know a lot of people say, well, Wentz, you know, he can't last the full season, but you look at the structure of the contract, new money that's incorporated, Wentz is going to be making $32 million a year, which would be the fourth most behind Russell Wilson's $35 million, Big Ben's $34 million, Rodgers' $33 million, However, if you also factor in the two years under which he's already under contract for the next two seasons, it's actually a six-year deal worth 154.7 that gives him that $25.8 million average. And, right. And that and makes so him the seventh highest pick. made out. Yeah. Exactly. So Philadelphia, is, for all intents and purposes, they actually did a great thing by getting out in front of this and giving him a deal where you say, wow, but is it really wow? It's life-changing money. It's generational type of money. But in the grand scheme of things and what these quarterbacks are making, Philadelphia did the right thing. I, I what the Dallas Cowboys should be doing now. Or and, should have done. Should have. Yeah, and that is exactly the next topic I want to bring up. Dak Prescott. This is another quarterback fourth-round pick, so we're not talking top-ten pick like Wentz was. But we've seen Prescott, right? I mean, he's been in the NFL. He's won some games, got them in the playoffs last year again. They lost to the Rams in the second round of the playoffs. A lot has been said about those negotiations between the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Now, a lot of criticism is put on Prescott's name because they say he's a system guy. They rely heavily on Ezekiel Elliott. Give me your take, TJ. What is Dak Prescott in today's NFL? Do you think he is a long-term solution for the Dallas Cowboys? Everybody's a system guy. Let's just be honest. When you're in a system and you play well, you're a system guy. Everybody is a system guy. You play well in the system or you play bad. You were bad for the system or you were good for the system. It's as simple as that. Now, I've been on record and we discussed this topic often on Fox. 
what does Dak Prescott deserve? And, I, and I've been on record. I believe had the Cowboys got out in front of this, they could have gotten Dak Prescott six, seven months ago, $23, $24 million a year. I said I wouldn't go above 25 And this was during the fall, um, early February, March, when we were discussing this. Now, if I'm Dak Prescott, you take nothing less than $30 million. I truly believe they could have got him for $25 million. And the way this market is going, you take nothing less than $30 million and people will say, oh, well, is that Prescott a franchise quarterback? Uh, look, look at his record. Does it, it tells you he is. Oh, he has a great defense. He has Ezekiel Elliott. You tell me a quarterback in the entire NFL that's not Tom Brady that does more with less. Everybody, you, you have to have good players around you to perform. If you don't when a quarterback plays bad, oh, his offensive line is a good all. Oh, he doesn't have great receivers. But when that Prescott plays, all oh, the team around him is great. Well, everybody. So the Cowboys could have got out in front of this, locked them up for six years, an average of 25 million max. They've waited. And so the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets. And, you know, oh, you need to take a deal like Tom Brady. Tom Brady made a ton of money, and then he started taking discounts. He didn't take a discount the first uh, contract because he was a six-round pick. Once he got highest-paid quarterback in the league, oh, I thought he could take discounts because he made a ton of money. That Prescott hasn't gotten to that point, so he needs to get all he can get, and then we can start taking discounts. And to your point, TJ, about the system thing, I would agree to that. I think the way that Dallas has structured their offense, even before Prescott took over as a starter, because you look at Tony Romo, yes, Romo was a little bit more susceptible to throwing for those 330-yard games. Now, he threw some more interceptions because of it, but they were really investing heavily into that offensive line already, and that's why they spent the fourth overall pick on Ezekiel Elliott, because they wanted a bell cow running back to hand the ball off, to take the load off of Romo's shoulders. Now, when he eventually went down and Prescott took over, that's when we continue to see that trend where Ezekiel Elliott is touching the ball 30 times a game. And so Prescott just so happens to coexist with that type of style of offense. And so now I'm really curious, TJ, because say Dallas does give him his contract, they're going to be under a new offensive coordinator this coming season. It's Kellen Moore who played at Boise State and was with Dallas for a couple years. There's apparently some new wrinkles coming to town after Scott Linehan took a lot of blame for throwing out vanilla looks on offense. Being a, an NFL wideout, being around the game, staying close to it, have you heard anything about Kellen Moore and the type of new offensive looks he's going to bring to Dallas? It's going to be innovative. I, I had a chance to speak with Kellen Moore uh, last fall. And number one, he's a smart kid. You don't do what he did at Boise State uh, without being able to process information quickly, put guys in good position. Uh, being in the NFL, he was a backup. You always got to be ready to go. And, and you, just, you just learn as you go. But what people aren't taking into account, and I played with this guy, is John Kidna is going to really help out. If Dak Prescott can reach another level, John Kidna is going to help you get there because John Kidna's been there. He's played the game. He's really smart, was coaching here on a high school level, 
um, teams were nothing, and he, he he was transforming those teams around. John Kenton is really going to help Prescott, and so if Dak is going to get any better, it's going to be this year because you got two guys that have played the game that are still young enough that they can relate to you. You can talk to them about different things that aren't football. You can give them your ideas. You guys can brainstorm, and they're not going to be set in their ways because they're young enough to understand. As a quarterback, you need to feel comfortable with what's being called. You need to have um, some say in the game plan, some say in the playbook, and they're going to give that Prescott that liberty. And the Cowboys offensively, <laughs> they, what weakness do they have? Their, their only weakness, can their offensive line stay healthy? They're getting a little older, but receiver, they got it. Running back, they got it. They got Witten coming back as a tight end. They, they have a lot of weapons offensively, and we, we haven't even talked about their defense. And that defense now has Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch coming back, returning as a starting linebacker duo. And Sean Lee, who's going to be making that transition, will be out there in some packages. And so, you know, I'm a big fan of Chris Richard as well. I mean, that's a guy that has really improved that defense drastically with his emotion, his energy that he brings, an aggressive play caller along with Rod Marinelli. So Dallas does not have a lot of holes on their roster. And if they can stay healthy, I think they have a strong trajectory entering the 2019 season. Of course, it's not going to be easy for any team because I feel like each of these units, and you look at all the NFL, AFC, and the NFC, these are teams that are continuing to add more talent through free agency and the draft. So that's what makes the NFL so interesting. So now I just want to segue to this point, TJ, I know we've seen a whole lot of change. I've mentioned it already, but can you give me a team, whether it be from AFC or NFC, that you feel like's really going to make a big-time jump in 2019? Wow. That that there, if I had to take a guess and, and just say just off the top of my head, you would have to say the San Francisco 49ers if Garoppolo can stay healthy with uh, the type of play calling that Shanahan's going to bring to the table. If he can, if if he can stay healthy, you would look at in the NFC. I would say San Francisco, and people are going to kill me for what I'm about to say now, and I'm going to say it anyway, and I don't care. Just and it's not because I played there. I actually think the Bengals, if they can stay healthy, they can surprise the people. I really believe the Bengals, the talent is there. Um, the people I've talked to and things that I've read is Zach Taylor is going to bring a lot to this offense. And if that's the case, uh, I would go Cincinnati in the AFC and uh, San Francisco in the NFC. And I was going to eventually ask you about the Bengals because I know that's your team for a long time. And Zach Taylor, in fact, I had uh, Dre Kirkpatrick join me earlier this offseason and been chatting with them throughout the last couple of weeks. And it just seems like there's a lot of positivity, a lot of good vibes going on in Cincinnati, as well as Preston Brown, the linebacker for Cincinnati. I actually interviewed him as well. So it looks like Zach Taylor is really establishing himself as their leader over there. And, and one thing that I'm really impressed with, with that Bengals roster, TJ, is the depth they have at the running back position. You look at their depth chart, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Travion Williams, the rookie out of A&M, and then, of course, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. So I actually agree with you on that. I think Cincinnati 
has the potential to be a dark horse sleeper team this coming season in an AFC North that everybody just wants to talk about the Cleveland Browns? Rightfully so. On paper, oh man, the Cleveland Browns uh, have one of the best rosters in the entire NFL, but games aren't played on paper. If they can uh, translate that to the field, then that's going to be a division that could possibly go down to the last few weeks of the season because you know the Steelers, regardless of who they've lost, they're always going to be good. And here's... Baltimore's going to play defense. Their yeah. offense, if Lamar Jackson, if they could get this new offensive system down, that that's a tough division. And so, but 49ers, very tough division with the you got the Rams, Seahawks. Kind of want to see how Arizona's going to be with Tyler Murray, but that's another tough division. So it's not like they have uh, any layups as far as divisional games. My one team from the NFC that I think can make a big jump this coming year that not a lot of people have talked about. It's the Detroit Lions there with Matt Patricia. I like what they did in free agency. They signed Trey Flowers, Justin Coleman, one of the best slot corners in the NFL, Jesse James, Danny Amendola, C.J. Anderson, and then you look at their draft class. I mean, T.J. Hawkinson giving a guy like Matthew Stafford a tight end, a weapon to stretch the field with Kenny Galladay on one end, Marvin Jones on the other carry on Johnson, you know, so I think they have a lot of talent to work with in Detroit, and I like the direction they're headed. Now, again, same thing as we always say, you look at the NFC North, you see that daunting Bears team, you see the Packers and Aaron Rodgers now fully healthy, and they bolstered that defense this offseason in Green Bay, so I understand that it's going to be really, really challenging for Detroit to kind of come from under the wraps but I will at least mention them as a team to keep an eye on. You know, it is every year there's going to be a couple teams come out of nowhere. There's going to be a couple teams that we thought, wow, what, what's going on this year? They're just not playing well. Injuries play a part, um, just not playing well. I mean, it, it's always going to be a dark horse. The Rams surprised everybody a couple of years ago, and they, they come out of nowhere. And, and there's always teams that, I do that, but this is a good thing about the NFL. Every year, every single team starts training camp thinking they're going to win it. They really feel like they got a chance to win it. And that's the great thing about the NFL is you don't know who's going to be a great team. You don't know who's going to win it. You could give you three teams. You know the Patriots are always going to be there. You know the Steelers are always going to be there. You know the Saints. Those type of teams are always going to be in contention, but there's always going to be one or two teams that come out of nowhere, and that's what makes the NFL the game that it is. Right on, 100%. And uh, to close out today's podcast, TJ, I, I want to ask you to give me your top five wide receivers in the NFL today. I want to know. <laughs> I'm curious. I know that people love to hear former NFL players and their takes because you obviously know more about the position than the regular typical fan. So go ahead and, and list me some of your top five wide receivers. All right, here we go. I hadn't even thought about this. So I'm going to just go off the head really quick in no order, but my up. Okay. I'll, I'll my top five, and I'll give you the five, and then I'll give you order. Um, I'll go with Julio Jones one, Hopkins two, Antonio Brown three, Odell Beckham four. Then the fifth one, man, that that's tough because there's so many different guys. But I guess I would probably just 
it's either a toss-up between uh, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green. And the reason it's a toss-up is because A.J. has been hurt the last couple years. If not, he would be in there. But it would be one of those three guys. Uh, if I had to take a pick, I would probably go with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, yeah, which that guy is productive year in and year out there with Phillip Rivers and the Los Angeles Chargers. I noticed one player, now I don't think I heard him in your list, and I'm curious to see how you think he's going to do in his new team really quick. How about Antonio Brown with the Raiders? No, I saw it was, he was, he's my third. Okay. I, you know, the, the thing about what with AB is, I, I don't think he realizes, uh, how good Ben Roethlisberger helped him, how much he helped and how good Ben is. Ben does a really good job of holding on to the ball, sliding up or back side to side in the pocket, and just giving you opportunities to get open. Um, A.B. is going to be. He creates separation. He's fast. He can get down the field. He can run intermediate routes. He can run a short routes. He can run. He can get deep. Um, it's going to be interesting um, with the amount of targets He's received his entire career in Pittsburgh. I don't know if that's going to be the case in, in Oakland. And so how will he be able to handle that? How will he be able to adjust to a different quarterback? I don't, I don't see Derek Carr and, and John Gruden giving him the same amount of targets. They're going to try. But Ben, ben just has a, a, good, a special knack, man, a special ability of holding on to that ball and getting it to A.B. where Derek Carr is the complete opposite. He's getting rid of that ball quick and checking it down to the back. And so that dynamic is going to be different. I think he'll play well, but I don't think he'll have near the success that he had with uh, the Steelers. That's a fair point right there. Uh, and I think that's something that we'll, we'll see as the season unfolds. And training camp will get rolling in about a month as all these players now have the next couple of weeks to go out on vacation as mini camps wrapped up last week and as well as OTAs. So, TJ, again, like I told you, man, I appreciate you making the time to join the podcast today. And I really, really uh, value your time and look forward to maybe down the road getting you back on here to chat some more football. No problem, man. Thanks for having me, man. You have a great weekend. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.